today, I am very excited to once again host a very dear friend named Dan Prestergaard on the Rebecca Panapinto Project. Dan was one of the original first four guests on my show back in 2020, so I'm excited to have him back on today to hear all that he's been up to since. Now, prior to his current role, Dan spent the past six years as the CIO of New Motion, a high-growth private equity-backed healthcare company based in Nashville, Tennessee. As their CIO, he led the transformation of the IT organization, establishing them as a very innovative group, a well-run function that enabled strong growth and predictable performance with the best in industry, security, and compliance. Since then, Dan has been named the Chief Information Officer of the United Urology Group, also known as UUG. There, he is responsible for the information technology strategy and all systems required to support the organization's objectives and goals. This includes their infrastructure, network, web, mobile, and clinical systems. Dan partners closely with the management team, the senior physicians of the company, and the board to drive growth through M&A as well as organic initiatives. As you'll see today, Dan is a very impressive technology leader and has been up to some really cool projects since we last spoke with him. Enjoy the show. Dan, welcome back to the show. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm so good. This is so fun to have you back on. Fun to be on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, we're catching back up. I think you were episode three or four. You were early on, back when I was doing my own editing. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a lot of fun the first time, and I'm really, um, really excited that you asked me to come back again. So yeah, thank you. yeah, I'm excited to dive in, hear all that you're up to now. So working for UUG. UUG, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 great company. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, it's still healthcare. You know, so um, it's it's. Uh, I love to do being in a role where you're helping people. Um, I love to be in a place where, you know, you really enjoy the people and, and the, uh, you know, you have a lot of respect for the people that you're working with and you like them and you feel challenged. And uh, so UG has been awesome for me and, and uh, working with uh, Audax private equity again, you know, yes. um, who I worked with at new motion. And that, that's been an awesome experience. Audax, terrific people, really sharp. Um, you know, and I talked to them about uh, coming on board here at UG and it's, it's been great. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. So for the people that aren't used to acronym soup, yes. uh, oh. will you walk us through what UUG sure. stands for and really the like healthcare problem that you're solving sure. for? Sure. UUG is United Urology Group and it's, um, and PE is private equity. Um, so, so yeah, acronym soup. That's really funny. Um, so we are a, it was a, uh, uh, it started off as a company called Chesapeake Urology Group and then grew into a multi-state. So there's now in Maryland, Delaware, Tennessee, Arizona, and Colorado. And it, wow. what it does is it, it has a, a management MSO, that uh, management services organization that provides services to like finance, accounting, um, technology, HR, other things to the different practices, multi-state practices. And so what we do is we make it, you know, kind of work and seem as a one company, but with, but with still the individual practices that, um, that take our services and use our services. Very cool. Yep. Do you get to be frontline or, or see the customers you get to impact? Sometimes. I mean, we get to spend a little bit of time at the clinics and do ride-alongs with the, with the doctors in different ways. Um, you know, certainly we get to meet with them pretty often and um, understand how our services are helping. And we get to spend, also look for opportunities to do things like, um, whether it's, it's uh, portals, um, which we have like a follow my health portal, 
um, or do things like telehealth um, where we can be, you know, the technology is the front line. So, so we do a little bit of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we get to spend a little bit of time there. So, Dan, we've talked in the past about how private equity sometimes gets a bad reputation for only being in it for the money, the bottom line, the margin. But at UUG, you don't really have that opportunity because you're yeah. touching patient care. So how do you balance being private equity funded, being focused yeah. on numbers for them, but really making a change in the world? It's it's funny because, so first of all, um, when I, you know, the people that I work with at, at um, Audax are they're among the smartest business people that you'll meet. And uh, they understand that there's there's a right way to do business. And they understand because they have so much deep experience running their portfolio um, and deep experience knowing that there are, you know, if it's good for the patient and it's good for the doctors, then it's also going to be good for the, for the bottom line, essentially. And so, you know, I, the people that I know at Audax are just, you know, they care about the patients. They care about the, you know, they care about having a, yes, they care about having a good business result. I, I think that some of the bad rap that, that um, private equity has is because they have such broad access to multiple businesses that they can see what bad looks like. Like they understand pretty quickly, you know, when you have, you know, whether it's management that, you know, that, that um, isn't performing or they have, you know, costs that are out of, out of whack and out of control and, or technology that, that isn't scalable, for example. Um, and they also understand what, so, and so because they have that access and they have that visibility, when they make decisions, they can make decisions faster because it's, it's like thin slicing. You know, you're, you're, you can see something that's wrong, you thin slice it and you can make, make a decision faster. Whereas other places where it's sort of organically growing or, you know, they might let something go for longer, um, you can make a decision faster when you're when you're private equity and you understand really um, what good looks like and you have deep understanding and good business acumen. So that's that's kind of one thing. And, and in terms of of um, healthcare space, you know, the nice thing about private equity, what it's trying to do is it's trying to find places to grow the business so that you can scale and take economies of scale. So you I talked about the MSO, how it's providing HR resources and technology resources and finance resources, sort of like a, you know, managed services organizational, you know, does the back office type services so that doctors can practice what, what they do, right? They, they can pr practice helping you with your health. And that's really what we're trying to do. And, and that's a scalable concept. That's something where you can take it, you can um, find other practices that you um, that need that sort of capital and they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with, you know, making sure you've got the right technology, making sure you have the right, you know, network in place, right, the right, you know, sort of financial reporting. You know, they don't want to necessarily deal with that. They want to practice medicine. And so what we can do is, and what private equity allows us to do is we can scale ourselves and, and pull in other practices and provide, you know, provide those services in other places. And, and I mean, I will tell you that Audax really knows that playbook. Um, they've done it in, in a bunch of different places. And that's why, you know, when they called me about this and we started talking about it, um, it just made a lot of sense. I mean, it made a lot of sense, it checked a lot of boxes. It was something that, you know, we were able to do. I worked for Audax also at, um, at New Motion and um, we were able to check a lot of those boxes of making it into a scalable IT organization, you know, making it um, something that first, I go by serve, scale, innovate. So first, 
serve the customers, the things that you're trying to do, and then make it into a model that you can scale. So you can you can go and do acquisitions and pull in other you know other parts of the company, and then you know become a uh, a, a portion that allows you to innovate, be, be something that's a service differentiator, right? And so that, that's what we try to do at UUG. That's what we did at New Motion. First, get it into a bucket, right? Serve everybody that you need to serve and make sure that it's good, good service. Then scale it, be a, um, an engine for growth and then innovate and be something that's um, that's that's a differentiator in the marketplace and and that's really what we're, what we're trying to do at UUG and you know that's some of what we did at, at New Motion. That's good, and you make a good point of how like this experience that these private equity people have, this business outcome can make them seem hasty and like yeah. they make decisions really fast, but really it's just a benefit of, of being on a job and seeing things and yeah. and you kind of know ten steps ahead and I'm sure that's why they wanted to bring you into the ecosystem as well. Cause you'd been in another organization executed on this. Um, it does. Have, yeah. It does help to have that experience for sure. Cause I mean, you can, you're in sync with what the uh, private equity folks are trying to do. And you can also, you know, you can also, it's like uh, you can see what, what, what it should look like and try to really get it to that place. Yeah, no, that's good. It leads me to my next question for you too. When you arrived at UUG, like what was your initial reaction and, and projects you wanted to tackle to be able to make an impact and, and accelerate that organization quickly? Well, I mean, my, my initial rea- reaction was what great people. Um, honestly, you know, the, the staff that's there, just awesome, you know, um, terrific people that, to work with, um, very easy to work with. Um, so that, that was kind of reaction number one. Um, you know, reaction number two was, okay, I mean, um, you know, the the... When you go, whenever, whenever I started a place, the first thing I do is start asking questions about like, what, what do we really like? What do we really not like? And how do we, you know, how do we kind of bridge the gap on those things? Um, and, and some of the challenges were like communication, right? Uh, so there, if there's a problem, it sort of didn't get the light of day. There wasn't as much transparency as you want to have. Um, so that was, that was some of it. Some of it was also um, just trying to do things in a standard way, um, you know, and having there be, you know, the ability to measure what you're doing and and um, have good metrics on yourself as a service delivery organization and then and then also um, measure things so you can you can also see what your baseline is and then show where you're you're making improvements whether that's like you know help desks answering answering calls or it's um, uptime for you know different branches or network um, or whatever it might be I mean uptime or um, how long a transaction takes in, in all scripts or something I mean you know all kinds of things that you take those those benchmarks so those were the things that I, I worked on first was just the low-hanging fruit of you know of, of um, measuring and communications and you know and, and uh, working on that and then the next thing was really just um, you know it was pretty clear that we didn't have um, terrific, um, operational uh, metrics and reporting, and and so getting a, a BI organization in place, and and um, getting that so that uh, we can get operations better visibility into their re- you know, business results. Uh, those were the kind of things that we we attacked pretty early on. That's good. I feel like telemedicine at some point we've talked about as well. That was a really good digital driver. What did that project look like? So I got here and. Um, Dr. Jenny Beppel, who was, is just an awesome um, person and, and, I mean, a, a true leader, business leader, and, and also a physician, um, 
she had started a, a telehealth um, practice and um, a guy named Mark Zawadny uh, provided the technology for it. And, and um, just uh, there, there's the, the bones were terrific. You know, I mean, there were, yeah. there were people that really bought in and, and had things, but we weren't measuring, you know, what we were doing. We weren't measuring who did it, when it, when it, uh, when it was being done. Um, and it was really a organic effort. We didn't have, you know, sort of the project project plans in place for getting it to, to something more. And so we're taking a much more intentional um, kind of look at it now and, and trying to say, all right, where does this belong? Where in the day of the doctor does it belong? For what types of procedures does it belong? For what, you know, is it a doctor or is it an APP that should be doing it? You know, that sort of thing. And so it's been a lot of fun taking the existing thing that was there and then adding and getting intentional and, and applying some of the, you know, project management discipline, but also metrics type discipline and getting better you know, business visibilities into it and partnering with the really smart people that were already here to try to make it, you know, optimize it the best we possibly can. It's good. I love the way you talk about your team and your projects of like how little of it, little of it's about Dan and so much of it is about the team and the people and, and leveraging the resources and what's in front of you versus like recreating the will. Is that part of your yeah. philosophy and on leadership? Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I, you and I talked about um, my, you know, my personal philosophy last time. And I told, I, I talked about the twin engines. Do you remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and the twin engines are, are um, refining your, your nose for finding good people. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then focus on the customer. Um, and so, yes, definitely for me, it is all about finding those good people, uh, you know, and BI, I talked about BI a little bit. So a guy named Manak Purohit, who's uh, my leader in BI and um, for UUG, amazing guy, terrific, smart, partnered him up with um, a woman by the name of Victoria Hoffman from Crow, who's a, you know, who's a a consulting company, great consulting company. Victoria is like off the charts bright. Um, And, you know, between the two of them getting that stuff together, you know, I feel good that I was able to kind of, you know, see those two talents, but the talent is like off the charts and what really makes it happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely something still, it's a personal philosophy of mine of finding really good people, um, you know, setting them free and, you know, and, you know, every once in a while I got to coach them up, uh, not those two, but <laughs> you know, some people you got to coach them up every once in a while, but, um, but really it's, it is really all about finding the talent and then just, um, you know, for me, I, 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 I consider it to be, um, my job to clear the hurdles for the talented people. You know, I'm, I'm, I think of it as like, I work for them more than they work for me. So it's, uh, it, it's my job to get clear the noise out of the way, get, get the barriers out of the way. And, and that's what I, that's what I want to do. Good. I love it. How about security within your ecosystem? I mean, healthcare, highly regulated, yeah. uh, urology, I'm sure has another layer. For sure. I've not, I've not even ever been introduced to how does security play into a lot of this and how do you balance that with your end users? So security is, it's top of the list for me every single day. You know, it's, if a CIO tells you that they're not up nights worrying about security and compliance, you know, they're probably not telling you the, uh, you know, the honest <laughs> truth. So, um, and, and it's an area where, you know, um, we've really invested um, here at UEG and, you know, again, Audex uh, makes it top of the list for, for things that they want to make sure we're, you know, ticked and tied on. 
Um, and, and we, you know, uh, here I brought in a, a company called Thrive. Uh, they have a, a VC. So by the a gentleman's name is Andrew Archibald, who is just top notch, really, really awesome, awesome guy. And, and um, you know, we, we partnered with them because I, I knew that I had to get somebody that was in. And, and I know how hard it is to um, to hire in the security space. Um, and so getting a, I, I would highly recommend if others, you know, do the sim, similar type thing, which is get a VC so in place that really knows it um, and, and can, can um, help to bring along the, the technical staff and the administrative staff and getting policies, procedures, technology, other things in place. So you can really grow the program um, pretty quickly. So that was something that was, that worked really well for us, getting, getting those guys in. Um, we did have to pretty quickly do things like multi-factor, you know, which we did with uh, with um, Microsoft, um, get things in place like um, much better asset control and and get get things in place like also replace firewalls and some other stuff and get get better policies and and security in place. But um, that's that's always been top of mind for me and it's top of mind for me now. And and you know we're, we're partnering with a you know some good firms to to help us get there. That's good. Yeah. How about innovation? Have you been able to to say, set a lot of that foundation to now build upon it and do really cool projects and advance technology? Yeah, yeah. I would say we're we're dipping our toe uh, in, into further into innovation. I mean, so we had, you know, we we did have that that serve, you know, emphasis at the beginning, and then scale, getting us. We got all to Office three sixty five, and and um, you know, so that we can scale, like get everybody on the same versions of of uh, the software that we had, and you know, um, that we, that we have and, and, you know, get the help desk shored up and other things. Um, and now we're, you know, dipping our toe into innovation. One of the things that we're, we're doing is um, we've partnered with a, a firm called Ascent to do revenue cycle management. Um, yeah. And they, they do, um, you know, on revenue cycle management, they do a AI machine learning RPA play where, um, where it's submitting, you know, it's submitting um, to insurance companies um, for payment. You know, that's a highly transactional. It's very, you know, you submit it. You have to wait a certain amount of time. You get the get the responses back. Uh, but you can. It's very, very good to be in line with like an RPA solution where you can see all those things and you can have the if then else um, programmed right into you know a computer essentially doing it. So so we partnered up with with Ascent um, and a guy named Bill Stone, who's just top notch um, to, to do some of that AI. And, and, you know, so essentially what you do is you have the RPA, you have results to come back, you feed it into an, into an engine for, with the algorithm that tells you where you have things, where, how things are trending, and you can adjust the meters a little bit, um, shorten your cycle time for collections and, and uh, improve your denial performance. And that's something that um, you know we've we've done some work on. And a woman by the name of Jennifer Rue has just you know just done awesome work on revenue cycle management and partnered with with Bill. And you know we've kind of pulled all that together. And that's been a fun project to to know you know to work on and to to partner with um, different companies and and bringing the solutions in place. Well, I'm sure you can see real impact in ROI too, more than setting oh, no, up yeah. an FA. At this point, you're actually getting to to move the needle forward and no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's a lot of fun and, and it's uh, you know, there's a lot to it. Um, but the, the technology has gotten a lot more um, predictable. There's a playbook for it now. You know, it's not, 
you know, there was a time I, I, we talked about doing this, you know, we did some RPA and stuff at, at New Motion. We talked about doing, you know, more of actually talked about, you know, partnering with Ascent. Uh, it was a little bit more uh, what I would call the leafy end of the branch at the time. Um, but it's become a lot more, you know, um, normalized. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Very cool. Up to lots of really cool things. Have you been uh, able to get further involved in the Nashville technology ecosystem too, being that it's such a healthcare town? You know, I, I, uh, not as much as I'd like to, not as much as I'd like to, I, I keep in touch. There's a couple of, uh, of practices I keep in touch with, um, and people I keep in touch with that are tied in, but I have not, you know, honestly, I've not spent enough time with the Nashville, um, you know, TLC, I, I, uh, try to keep in touch with those guys and, and the, uh, you know, some of the other, um, groups I, I keep in touch with, but I, I haven't been able to go to as many events as I'd like. And I, I really need to make that a focus. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of benefits to it, but your team is, I believe, Baltimore. Baltimore. And yeah. Owings Mills. Um, so places, we, we're, yeah. we're kind of spread out. I, I don't, I like to do, um, I like to be able to, I feel very comfortable tying in with the talent, like the talent to yeah. me is more important than the physical location. And so like Monov, for example, my BI leaders in Chicago, uh, my leader, my infrastructure services team is in, in Nashville. Um, you know, I Owings Mills, you know, my, my head of the applications group is, is in Owings Mills, you know, so, um, so we, we're, we're a, a virtual team, but, you know, we, we talk all day long. I mean, and the technology just facilitates it. There's, there's not as much of a need to be in person all the time anymore, for sure. Yeah. Especially, especially when you have, you know, when you have really talented people and you're, you know, if you're, if you've got the right people in, on the team, you know, it's not like you need to watch over them and they, they're doing the right stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see on the clinic level too, if that becomes more and more the case where you can do it remote, yeah. rely on that telemedicine. Yeah. Not that is about the physical. Yeah. Um, I will say that that's something that we're doing now at UUG where, where we've got people, um, our field support staff, which, you know, we've got awesome guys that actually go and represent technology, the technology group in the clinics. Um, so when there's a problem, you know, we're, we didn't used to have people that would go to the, to the, uh, to the clinics and to the, the branch locations. And we changed that up about three months ago. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a change for us and, and, you know, but trying to get there to be more presence there so that our people can solve problems, recognize that we have, you know, issues in, in different branches and stuff. So uh, that is, that's, that's something that we changed because we noticed we weren't seeing as much, you know, kind of personal things that were going on with, with physicians and, and with the, the practices themselves. Yeah. Physicians are a hard audience to serve because they do not want technology to slow them down. I don't know. You're right. They're, and they're really smart. I mean, generally speaking, you know, they, they've gone for years and years of education and, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, especially that there's some that are really good tech natives and, and really push the boundaries. Um, you know, there's some that, that prefer the personal interaction and, and try to, you know, use the uh, computer and technology as an end device too. So yeah, you kind of need the full spectrum, but, but no matter what, you know, to a man, they're sharp people that, you know, that um, really, you know, just want their workspace to work. And, uh, and so that's something that we have to make sure that we're really custom customer focused, physician, customer focused, patient, customer focused, and make sure we have a really good environment for all of them. Where technology is yeah, enabling, not that's right. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got yeah. it. 
That's good. I love it. Well, it wouldn't be a Nashville interview without three guitars in the background. Uh, uh, <laughs> two <laughs> guitars and a bass. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. Yes. Uh, I noticed the bass now. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about your music and your passion for that creative side of of your life. Yeah, well, so I, I'm actually, my keyboard's right over here, so it's a little out of frame, uh, and that's what I play more than anything, but um, I took bass lessons in COVID, so I was doing that for a little okay. while. I actually haven't played it in a little while because uh, my son's um, picked it up. He, he wanted to, you know, take the bass, so he's, he took that, and he uh, he started taking lessons, and, you know, I love music. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I cannot play these guitars. I tried for a little while. <laughs> my, my hands don't work like that. So I'm more keyboards and I, I do like the bass. It's, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend tell me once that a guitar is six pianos on top of each other. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's enough convincing that, that it's a hard instrument. Yeah. Well, I have my Genos, which, you know, you can load up the keyboard, which you can load up a lot of the guitar sounds. And then I don't really need mm -hmm. to uh, yeah. mess around with them too much, you know? So, yeah. I love that it can be a family bonding moment though, and that you can play with yeah. your son. That's pretty cool. My, my daughters, um, you know, both all self they're, they're taught themselves on a little bit on guitar. My daughter, Mary taught herself on guitar and my daughter, Natalie taught herself on piano. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. We like to, you know, we like to do to do music so my son actually played the Ryman not too long ago what yeah he played the Ryman with School of Rock yeah it was that awesome. is so cool yeah 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 he's 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 a great little musician too it's uh he's a lot of fun to watch and uh yeah so they played the Ryman it was a lot of fun that's very cool that's one definitely that you don't forget that's right yeah he'll remember that forever yeah I'm sure the feeling had to be pretty amazing so yeah. very cool well, I love it. I have just one last question for you, Dan. And yeah. uh, I know since you've been on the show again, we've got to expand uh, your principles set here. But what would you say is the core principle that you live by to be successful in business? Yeah. So, and you let me, that's the one we referred back to, right? So that's, uh, you let me do it last time with twin, twin engines of uh, good instincts for people and, and um, make it all about the customer. So, all right, I got to expand it. Um, Has it grown and changed maybe uh, in your last couple of years of experiences? You know, I mean, I, I would say, you know, um, man, making me think. I would say um, just deal transparently and with integrity. Like, yeah. you know, like a personal thing, just kind of how you are would be like deal transparently and with integrity. And, you know, to me, you need to be able to look yourself in the mirror. You need to be able to, to look your, your, you know, all the people you work with in the eye um, and know that, you know, I mean, if you, you know, if you have something to say to somebody, say it to them, you know, and um, if you have things that uh, need to be addressed together, you, you know, they're, they can be done professionally and, and uh, you know, and respectfully, um, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I would just say, you know, kind of um, deal with integrity at my, my, actually, and my daughter, actually, my middle daughter, uh, Natalie, who, uh, you know, she asked me, or we, I, I asked her, you know, how did you, they asked for one word in school, they asked her for one word to describe their parents, and she said integrity for me, and I was just like, oh, I love oh, that. That's cool. <laughs> that made me really happy, so I was like, okay, that, that works, I'll do it. That's I'll, awesome. I'll take that. <laughs> You're doing something right, if that's uh, what sticks out in her mind. Just lucky. Mm. Great kids. Yeah. Very cool. They are. Your family's awesome. Thanks. I do concur. <laughs> well, thanks yeah, for doing this, Dan. Met, 
I love that you've met Mary now too. So that's uh, that's yeah. a lot of fun for me. And you know, now that you guys are in in New York City, hopefully you can get together, get some coffee, and and yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're all great, and excited to see them grow and be successful as well. So thanks again for being on the show. It's great to hear what you've been up to, all the good work that you're doing at UUG, and would love to catch back up maybe in another couple of years and see where you are. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time and, and doing this. I really appreciate it. And, and I love the, I love the show that you're doing and, and if there's anything I can do to help you, please let me know. Absolutely. You have always been very helpful. So appreciate it. All the best, Dan. All right. You too. See ya.